Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Do you know the most used word in the book of Revelation is angels? That is correct. In the first coming of Jesus Christ, angels played a key role, both good angels and evil angels. You see, evil angels that take possession of a human body, they're called demons. I have a series entitled Angels and Prophecy. It's a five-hour CD audio series available for you, and you can go to our website or call our toll-free number. I'll give you those locations in just a moment and get your copy of it. You need to understand what angels are doing doing today. They are there for us as Christians. They are there to protect us, our guardian angels. At death, you know what happens? Angels gather us up. We don't die alone. We die with the angels gathering us up and taking us to the person of Jesus Christ. I'm getting ahead of myself. I want you to have a copy of this five-hour audio series on CD, and we'll tell you how to do that. But let me let you listen to an introduction of this study, and I'll get back with you in a moment, and we'll tell you how you can get your copy. Right now, the introduction to angels and prophecy of uh, this first chapter the first day in the beginning god created the heaven and the earth it should be the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of god moved upon the face of the waters and god said let there be light and there was light and god saw the light that it was good and god divided the light from the darkness and god called the light day and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. There is the first day of creation. He creates the heavens, three of them, the earth, light, separate light from darkness, and the first day. Notice it says, and the evening and the morning. You know how Jewish people designate their days? You know why the Sabbath, Shabbat, starts on Friday night at sundown and continues to Saturday night at sundown right here? The evening and the morning were the first day. You've got to remember that when you're studying scriptures as it relates to the Jewish people. The evening and the morning. And that's how that came into existence. Now, notice again, chapter 1, verse 1. And in the beginning, God created the heavens. And right here, put a great big asterisk or star. Because here's where he created angels. They were around to sing to shout for joy when he created the earth. Angels can only be created in one period of time, right here. Between Genesis 1-1-A and 1-1-B. They had to be here to shout for the creation of the earth. And so they were created at this time. Created here, Genesis 1-1. Between the time on the first day he created the heavens and the time he created the earth. Now, how many angels were created? Oh boy, I don't know. Nothing in the Bible tells us the exact number of angels. The book of Revelation, go over to the book of Revelation just a moment. We'll come back to Genesis chapter 1, so keep your place there. But the book of Revelation, chapter 5, makes an interesting statement, verse 11 uh, the book of Revelation has taken John now off the earth into the heavenlies in this vision of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Chapter 5 and verse 11, uh, he's there in the heavenlies. 
Chapter 4, he had been before the throne of God. Chapter 5 now, verse 11, And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beast and the elders, and the number of them, the, elder, or the angels, the number of them was, in the King James it says, 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Now, if you just add that up, that would be 100 million plus thousands and thousands, whatever that would be. But in reality, if you look at the Greek phrasing there, you're going to understand, and if you studied this at all, that that is not a true translation, 10,000 times 10,000. Thousands is plural here as well in the first two times it's used, so it's going to be 10,000s times 10,000s and thousands and thousands. It is a phrase used, it's also used in chapter 9, verse 16, where it talks about 200 million or 200,000,000 000, soldiers. We'll touch that on Friday when we look at the angels' interaction in prophecy. But the phrase is used to talking about an unlimited number. The translators only just could put in there 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands. So you can look in any lexicon, you'll find out it's exactly what it's talking about. An unlimited number of angels. Now I have a sanctified speculation as to how many angels he probably created. And listen, don't you dare go out of here and say, Jimmy DeYoung made this absolute statement. I said, this is sanctified speculation. I believe that God probably created 12 billion, with a B, 12 billion angels. Where do you get that number from? Well, I know that half of the world's total population from creation till today is alive today. And we probably have approximately 6 billion people on the earth. And so if half the world's total population from creation today is alive, 6 billion people, and by the way, I got that from a pretty reliable source. I was having uh, dinner with Tim LaHaye the other day, written all those prophecy books. You know, he is smart because he wrote those. But uh, I was, he said, he told me that first time I'd ever heard that, that 6 billion people is half the entire population of the world since creation. So that means there were 6 billion from creation until today. That's 12 billion. If we would conclude that we have guardian angels and God was expecting all of us to worship him instead of de reject him, then he would probably prepare, I'm sanctified speculation, remember. Uh, he would probably prepare one guardian angel for every person he's going to come into the world. So 12 billion. Now, when we get to heaven, you can prove me Wrong or right, but uh, I say 12 billion angels. Now, that's the number. It's an unfathomable number. If it's 12 billion, maybe it's even more than that. And so we have these angels. Oh, there were different kinds of angels. The cherubim. You remember them? Look in the book of Ezekiel. Uh, we're running all over the Bible. Just fasten your seatbelt. But uh, this is, uh, look in Ezekiel chapter 1. There's a description of the cherubim. Oh, I loved Ezekiel chapter 1. What a fantastic book it is. Look at verse 5, Ezekiel 1, 5. This is where God is going to see, excuse me, Ezekiel is going to see the glory of God. And the glory of God will come into his presence with a throne chariot that will bring them. And here it is, verse 5. And also out of the midst thereof, this is the whirlwind that, out of the north that came with a fire enfolding itself. 
Verse 5, out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man, and every one had four faces, and every one had four wings. And, ev- and their feet were straight feet, and the sole of their feet was like the sole of a calf's foot, and they sparkled like the color of burnished brass, and they had the hands of a man under their wings, and their wings and their four sides, and they had four of their faces and their wings, and their wings were joined one to another. Here it is, a cherubim, look here just a moment, a cherubim, it was sit there, had four wings in Ezekiel, the two were stretched out and two were covering the body. And then they had four faces, the face of a man, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle, uh, an eagle in the back, and the face of an ox, representing basically the three approaches of looking at Jesus Christ in the Gospels. Matthew looks at Jesus Christ as the Lion of Judah, King of Kings. The book of Mark looks at Jesus Christ as a servant, the ox. The book of Luke looks at him as a man, that's the face of the man, and the eagle represents deity, and the book of John represents Jesus Christ in his deity. And so here's a cherubim. Four wings, two extended, two covering. They're going to form a throne chariot to bring God down to appear before Ezekiel. But, you know, the cherubim were used for more than just the throne chariot. Look back over in Genesis chapter 3 for a second. I don't know how to get around your Bible. Genesis 3, verse 24. Now, remember Genesis 3, and we'll dig into this more tomorrow, but it's the fall of man. I'll show you how angels were involved in that. And when man fell... When they partook of the tree that they were not to partake of, then there was another tree in the Garden of Eden, and God said, and by the way, that's plural, he said, let's close up this Garden of Eden, and let's place cherubim. That's what it says. Look at verse 24. Well, look at verse 23 first. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden, talking about Adam and Eve, out of the garden to till the ground from whence he was taken. Verse 24. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Because if they had partaken of that tree of life, they would have had eternal life, never have died. Oh, you know one of... The rewards a revelation talks about, study the churches, the messages the churches that Mart has taught in the past, we're all going to eat of the tree of life throughout eternity, same tree. It's guarded since then with cherubim. Remember the book of Exodus, chapter 25? Exodus is the story of coming out of the bondage under Egypt after 430 years. Now... God meets with Moses at Mount Sinai. He says, I want you to build a transportable worship center, the tabernacle. And in that transportable worship center, I want you to have what I'm going to call the Ark of the Covenant. And you know what he did? He had cherubim, two cherubs, to stand with their wings outstretched over the Ark of the Covenant. Because the Ark of the Covenant was the location of the presence of the glory of the Lord as it's set in the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle and then later in the temples. And so he put his angels created for service. He put his cherubs over the Ark of the Covenant. 
Our toll-free number is 877-674-3298. Now, you can call somebody standing by. They will take your order if you would like to have a copy of the five-part audio series on CD entitled Angels and Prophecy. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and there you can make your order at our shopping mall. This is a must. You have to have a study on angels. They will play a key role in the end times, as I said early on. Angels, the most used word in the book of Revelation, they play a role that is so significant with the return of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hope you'll enjoy this study when you get your copy of Angels and Prophecy. Thank you so very much for listening to this introduction to Angels and Prophecy. And I pray that as we study together about what is going to happen in the end times, you will come to the understanding we are living in the days when Jesus Christ will shout, the archangel will shout, the trouble of God will sound, and we'll be caught up to be with him in the air. That's the rapture. And that could happen at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until.